As I mentioned earlier, we're on a journey to the cross this Lenten season, and we began by recognizing that our souls long for God. As Psalm 42 says it, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. And spiritual disciplines are a path to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Individually, so we've, we're those of us who are participating in the various spirit, spiritual disciplines are doing that on our own, some of us, but also communally. So we're journeying to the cross together as a church community, and, and there are various ways we are doing this together. And, and maybe you're tuning in to the, the clicking on the links on the Facebook page and hearing various members of the congregation read a chapter of scripture each day. Or maybe you're um, checking in with your partner and meeting regularly and talking about what you're doing. A spiritual discipline we're defining, uh, as we did in our first, our first week, as habit-forming work or mental training to strengthen our relationship with God. We said it wasn't a spiritual pastime or um, just a, a spiritual other kind of thing. It's spiritual work. It's, it's training. It's hard and something we commit to and not always easy, but it yields good results. And so far we've looked at prayer, and as Dana mentioned, Pastor Matt last week preached on remembrance, and today, as we've mentioned several times in the service already, simplicity. So simplicity, just like I mentioned with prayer, is a discipline that's practiced by a variety of other faith communities. Hindu and Buddhist faiths value simplicity. And in this country, maybe you all already know this, but July 12 is National Simplicity Day. Anybody celebrate National Simplicity Day? I can't wait. Um, in honor of transcendentalist Henry David Thoreau's birthday. Now, um, you might remember Thoreau from your high school or college English classes. Um, Thoreau, well, this is one of Thoreau's quotes, our lives are frittered away by detail. Simplify, simplify. Thoreau is a 19th century American author, transcendentalist. Um, he, he's known, if, if you've heard of Walden, was a collection of his journal entries. He went and lived in a little hut by Walden Pond outside Concord, Massachusetts. <laughs> We've got some cheering going on in the back. Um, he lived there for two years and two months and two days because he wanted to front only the essential aspects of life 
and he noted that our lives are frittered away by detail, that we, we need to reduce and get rid of and, and eliminate, and we need to keep our accounts to our thumbnail. The things that we need to pay attention to and be interested in and being involved with should be much simpler. So Walden, this big old fat book, is all of the things that he observed by paying attention to the ants and listening to the lake and watching the birds and observing nature. Our lives are frittered away by detail. Simplify, simplify. Well, today we're going to look at the Christian discipline of simplicity. And the person that we look to for that is Jesus. Jesus modeled simplicity, both in his inward life and in his outward life. And it's our relationship with Jesus we hope to strengthen by practicing simplicity. So let's dig in. Our scripture passage today is from Matthew 6, and it's just three verses, verses 19 through 21. If you'd like to just listen, that's fine, or the words will be on the screen. Hear the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, beginning at verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. So our scripture passage today comes from one of Jesus' most famous teachings called the Sermon on the Mount. And it begins in chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a hill and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are, and then it goes into the Beatitudes and a variety of teaching that follow. And so this is one little section of that Sermon on the Mount. And it begins, our section here, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, at that time, people kept their treasures, their money, their valuables, either in a strong box in the house, or they would literally bury their valuables in or near their home. Contextually speaking, Jesus is saying, don't invest time and intention in collecting or storing or hoarding or guarding surplus that may go to waste. Consider rust, for example. What rusts? Unused tools rust. They're not being used, so they, they rust. Or bikes left out in the rain rust. Things that aren't being used rust. 
And what about moths? What gets destroyed by moths? Clothing. Clothing that gets unworn for extended periods of time. Don't stockpile items for tomorrow that moths and rust are going to destroy from lack of use or that might get stolen. So it sounds like Jesus is suggesting that people throw caution to the wind and quit preparing for the future. But Jesus isn't promoting a, a carpe diem, seize the day philosophy. Scripture has plenty examples of, of farmers and grain and storehouses. And so Jesus explains in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus challenges the disciples. Where are you channeling your energy and attention? Minding how we channel our energy and attention is at the heart of simplicity. Richard Foster, still 50 years later, the go-to on spiritual disciplines, is the author of Celebration of Discipline, writes, the Christian discipline of simplicity is an inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle. Disordered, out-of-sorts, inward life is reflected in a disordered, out-of-sorts, outward life. There's a connection. The inward life is connected to the outward life, Richard Foster says. Before I was a pastor, I was a college English professor. I would tell my students, clear writing reflects clear thinking. If they couldn't put something down on paper clearly, it could be that their writing skills were still in process. But more likely, their thinking was scattered and cluttered and disorganized and unclear. Much of the work in the writing process, in the learning process, is sorting through the ideas, letting go of the unnecessary extra, the indulgent, the distracting, and then hanging on to the essentials. Writing is hard, my students would say, or like complained on a regular basis. Writing is hard, it is. But I encouraged them. Developing good writing skills would open many doors in their future. Clear writing reflects clear thinking. That's the heart of simplicity. Gaining clarity and shedding what gets in the way 
embracing the essentials. Simplicity. Spiritually speaking, Jesus says it this way. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. So what even is a treasure in heaven? Like That is the mystery. Um, we were, I was talking about this with someone this week, and I was talking about how one of the commentaries says that Jesus leaves this to a mystery with the disciples. He, he mentions it to the disciples, and he doesn't explain it. And then the commentator moves on to the next verse. Doesn't explain it to us either. What is a treasure in heaven? Is there a clipboard with gold stars that we're all going to get when we do good things? Or is there, are there actual crowns where we get jewels? Because we, we, there's scripture, you know, there's songs, you know, crowns, jewels in our crowns and that kind of stuff. What's a treasure in heaven? What if... Treasure in heaven isn't referring to a future eschaton, but is actually talking about the here and now. What if storing up treasure in heaven refers to stripping the spiritual life to the basics, to the two great commands, love God, love people? Investing your time and energy not into things that will rust and get stolen, but into God and people. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright, on his comment on this passage, says that heaven is where God is right now. And if you learn to love and serve God right now, you will have treasure in the present, not just in the future. So when we pursue storing up treasure in heaven, we invariably practice the discipline of simplicity by stripping away distractions, noise, clutter, and letting go of what fractures and disorders us, and instead focusing on loving God and loving people. When we do that, we move toward a more calm and clear, fulfilling life with Christ. When my daughter Phoebe was in high school, she did an internship in the pediatric ICU, the PICU. And one of the patients was a baby born addicted to cocaine, going through withdrawal. The baby was in constant distress. 
And the only thing that brought the baby comfort was human-to-human -human contact. It screamed constantly, unless it was being held. It was the only thing that could comfort this, this little um, baby in distress, was being held. Everyone who came through the PICU took turns holding the baby. The occupational therapists, the speech pathologists, the doctors doing the rounds, take the baby with them doing the rounds. And even the high school intern Phoebe was allowed to hold, hold her. Degrees and training and expertise were no longer qualifiers to care for this one. Just one thing was needed, human-to-human -human connection. Connection. It was that simple. Simplicity asks, what do I really need? And what can I let go of? What distracts me from what really matters? Simplicity aids us on a path to loving God and loving others. And that is treasure in heaven. Jesus was excellent at simplicity. Jesus was singularly focused on his mission. If you happen to read Luke 4 today, which was on our schedule, if you're following our schedule, Jesus quote, went to the temple and quoted the um, prophecy from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is on me because God has anointed me to proclaim the good news for the poor, freedom to prisoners and the oppressed. In other words, you, me, us, the world. And Jesus stuck to that. He was singularly focused on his mission. And he stayed tuned in to God while he did it. In a conversation I had this past week with someone I mentor, we were discussing the difference between Jesus and us. And we came up with a list. Actually, my mentee came up with the list for the most part in our conversation. So here are the things that we, we determined were the differences between Jesus and us. The first thing was that um, while Jesus was human, Jesus had another part to him. He was also divine. The second thing was that Jesus always made good, sound decisions. We don't. I thought that was observant. The third thing was that Jesus was always praying. The fourth thing was that Jesus was always listening and getting guidance from God. The fifth thing was that Jesus had confidence in his identity. 
And then the sixth thing was that Jesus was without sin. And when I asked her if she could choose one of those items from the list, what one would she choose? If she could have one of those things, which one would she choose? She thought about it, and she said she would like the ability to listen closely and hear God's voice. I loved that answer. I thought that was great. The discipline of simplicity moves us not only toward Jesus on our journey to the cross, but it moves us to become more like Jesus in that journey to transformation. And the beauty, the good news, the comfort is we don't do this alone. Just like Jesus was with the disciples. Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down, and the disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He's right there in their midst, coaching them, guiding them, walking alongside them. Jesus is with us, walking alongside us. The Spirit is with us, cheering for us, guiding us, our advocate on our behalf. And that, that love of God and others, that as we pursue helps us embody simplicity, the spiritual discipline of simplicity. That love isn't love that we um, have to go out and muster up and manufacture. That love comes from God. That wide and long and high and deep love is generated by God for us, through us, in us, and nothing can separate us from that love that is in Christ Jesus. And that love from God pours out of us to others. And that we can rest in. Let's pray. Loving God, we acknowledge as we prayed earlier that the disciplines are hard. They're hard work. But they're worth it. And so we pray, God, that you would help us. We pray for your spirit in us, strengthening us, giving us the courage to keep on keeping on. God, we pray for simplicity to give us the wisdom and revelation and knowledge and, yes, the courage to let go of what we need to let go of and to embrace what we need to cling to and give us the capacity, the ability 
and the desire to love you fully and to love the people you put in front of us. We thank you and praise you for your love that pursues us constantly. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.